inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program is brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store right there on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm in Colchester, featuring top-quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go online at sticksandstuff.com for store locations, hours, and sales. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Walcott, featuring family mill lumber for all your projects. Check out PR Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy's Farm and Yard. Four locations here in Vermont. Online at guysfarmandyard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center on Route 107 in Bethel. Sponsor of the WDEV In the Garden podcast. And they're online at dandelionacres.com. Our telephone lines are open. And our number just happens to be 802-244-1777. And here is the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. How are you doing? Oh, good. How about you? Pretty well, thanks. Driving down Route 2 from Montpelier, I was impressed with how high the Winooski was. Oh, boy. And how just plain muddy it looked. It looked just absolutely brown. (laughs) Take a couple of those side roads down the mountain from Killington, and uh, you'll see mud. (laughs) I'll bet. Up to your ears. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. Um, So, a sunny day, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. Humid, too. Uh, Well, yeah, it's been humid right along. And... um, um, that brings me to one point uh, I wanted to make one of the sort of garden tips here is that uh, uh, it's been so humid that we really need to watch out for that powdery mildew oh, yes. and for the uh, uh, the late blight and also that uh, that uh, anthrax that you get on your tomatoes and stuff. So um, it would be a really good idea to go ahead and start to spray and uh, all of your plant, all of them, you know, uh, and because it'll affect all of them. And what what I like to use is the fish emulsion. You can use something specific for uh, the powdery mildew if you want, which is the milk or baking soda or any, you know, or even if you want to get real technical about it, you could use the the copper fungicide. But um, if you uh, the the whole point of the spray is basically is to change the pH on the on the leaves so that the fungus or the bacteria or whatever don't don't uh, have sort of a hostile environment. So I like the fish emulsion because it not only does that but it also is a foliar feed for your plants. And this right about right now is is a really good time to give them a boost for the for the next phase which would be the fruiting stage of most of uh, most of your fruits whether it's uh, tomatoes or zucchini and um uh i would really if if you're not sure what to spray you want to focus first of all on your squashes because they seem to be the most susceptible but i had a really bad uh uh um uh, the powdery mildew really hit the comfrey of all things, you know, and uh, I cut it all, not all of it, but I cut all the, the affected uh, uh, plants down, which is just about time for me to cut it down anyway because they're, they start to get so big they're falling over and they're not really flowering. The reason I have the comfrey is mostly just for the hummingbirds, the bumblebees, and the honeybees, so... 
Anyway, I had an interesting conversation with one of the girls at work, um, Misty, and she, uh, we were, I was asking her if she used her, her, gar- if she had garlic scapes, um, because I, I've got quite a few and I like to check with people to see if they, they have enough. And, uh, she said, oh no, they had plenty. And I, so I said, well, you know, do you eat them? Do you grill them? Uh, do you make pesto? And she said she had made pesto with them. Uh, she was didn't like it as much as her basil pesto. And so we got to talking about basil pesto and she said something very surprising to me is she said, if, if she doesn't have enough basil, she'll substitute nasturtium leaves, which I hadn't, had never heard of. And I thought, well, what a good idea. That'd give a little sort of a spice, you know, this is sort of like a, a spicy best pesto mm-hmm. without it being a, a jalapeno hot, you know, um, but, uh, we didn't really talk about proportions, so it's something you'd have to sort of try out a little bit. And, of course, in that case, you're just using the leaves, not the flowers. Right. Huh. Ever heard of that? Never. No, that's new to me. <laughs> a spicy pesto. <laughs> that's so, a good, a spicy pesto. A good, a spicy. There you go. I was yeah. waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so... Um, you know, and uh, the the debate because somebody said, "Oh, well, you know, doesn't it hurt the plant to cut the the um, the scape?" You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it runs about fifty people, fifty fifty uh, gardeners who think it does, and gardeners who think it doesn't. Um, I've sort of come down on the the side after years of sort of comparing uh, the difference between ones that I cut and ones that I don't cut is that it's an edible part of the plant, and I like it. So one way or the other, I'm going to continue cutting them. <laughs> you know? But I haven't really have seen no evidence at all that it it sets the plant back at all. And, and, and like so many plants that we, we grow for food, uh, uh, pruning them really does help. In the long run, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't say with absolute certainty that it's either good or bad for it. I just I like the scapes, and uh, you know we if I have my grill going, I'll grill them out on the on the grill because they're so curly, they're a little bit gangly, you know, hard to. But I did find that in my uh, in my skillet, which I'll do some on a skillet too inside if I if it's raining out or whatever. I don't have the the uh, I run out of gas or you know, whatever reason I can't use the grill. Uh, I just use a cast iron, uh, and what I'll do is I just sort of wrap them in a circle. At first, I try to lay them out straight, but um, that doesn't work so well because they're naturally curly. Um, and then uh, so I just, you know, go with the flow and leave them round and sort of bend them a little bit more so they make a circle and and uh, it doesn't take too long, just like a, an asparagus, and they're really delicious. All you need is a little olive oil and salt, and and uh, you're you're going good. So the um, the you have to be careful with where you cut them because the further down on the stem, the the tougher it goes. So you treat them a lot like a, uh, an asparagus. You 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 know I bend the asparagus, and where they break, it's more tender. And then where it, you know, below that, it tends to be a little more stringy and all the rest. So um, I put the, uh, I leave those, put them in the freezer and use them for a soup stock, which they really are nice for a soup stock. They they darken up the stock. So if you're using for like a, um, uh, you know, a clear soup stock, um, it darkens it up and makes it look nice. Almost like a beef stock in a way, but. So um, with the, the garlic scapes, you want to do basically the same thing. You want it to be tender to start with. And you can try the, the snap method where you just bend it and where it snaps. Or you can just sort of decide and cut them. But generally speaking, um, it's only, uh, oh, maybe 10 or 12 inches at most at the top. Um, I cut the the that sort of leafy bulb head off, you know, where it just first starts to to roll up. I go ahead and cut that off because uh, it's sort of uh, touch and go whether it's delicious or not. And a lot of times the paper will burn a little faster than the, the stem and stuff. 
Uh, do you, you use them? You no, know, I, no, I, I normally don't. You know, I haven't. I, I'm, I'm aware of all the different uh, discussions about them. You've escaped that. I've one. escaped that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, I've been, you know, uh, I've been hosting garden programs, or at least been the engineer, you know, since the Dick Raymond days in the '70s at yeah. uh, W uh, at yeah. the Burlington stations. Yeah. Yeah. And every. That, that always comes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so the next question is, would you like to try some? I would, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I'll bring some in for you. Oh, terrific. Week. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably uh, go skillet with them. Yeah, know? skillet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that. And the other thing you can do with the skillet one, if if you sort of like to have them straight, right, yeah. uh, is, is you, can, you can cut them into sections about, oh, five or six inches long. Mm. And then that way, you know, they'll they'll sort of line up in yep. your skillet, and it's easier to well, roll I'm pretty them sure I'll, I'll like them, you know. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. As long as, they, as they're tender enough, yep. you know, you want to make sure they're tender. It's just like asparagus. You yep. don't really want the uh, – you want them tender as well. And um, so I asked um, – I asked Missy uh, on, on her uh, uh, scape pesto how she made it, and uh, – uh, it was um, so. If you chop it up right, you get about a cup of scapes, and this is chopped up, and it's usually mm-hmm. about ten or ten or twelve spears, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a, a packed cup, you know. It's not a. And then uh, uh, a half a half cup of olive oil. Mm, sounds good. Qu- quarter cup of sunflower seed. A quarter cup of Parmesan cheese and a half cup of basil and the juice of a whole lemon. Now, the the scape pesto that my wife has made, and she and I worked together on that, is is a creamier texture. So the combination of the sunflower seed and the Ooh. and the scapes, it gives it a sort of a mm, yeah creamier texture. Well, well, that's, that does sound good. That yeah. sounds good. We might have some further comment on ah. this from our listeners. You're always welcome at 802-244-1777. And uh, on the line, your first name in town? Wild Bill in South Woodbury. By <laughs> golly, Wild Bill. <laughs> How are you, Bill? Oh, not too bad. Joel, did you get that magazine I left for you? No, I didn't. I didn't. My goodness. Uh, must be downstairs in the uh, office. I will check. Well, Kaya was supposed to leave it for you. She well, probably put it somewhere. Well, she did put it somewhere, somewhere where I haven't found it yet, so I will uh, I will pursue. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> anyway, um, I tried a new I, – I don't really have good soil up here, and – so I tried a new thing this year. I've got this big uh, ledge with a crotch in it, you know, horizontal crotch. Mm-hmm. And I threw some uh, good soil into that thing, some, uh, what is it, that, uh, you know, like composted soil and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I put a tomato on one side, a pepper on the other. It's about five foot long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had some old seeds of peas and pumpkins. Yeah. And by golly, ain't they taken off. <laughs> and so how, how wide is this horizontal crack that you're... It's about eight inches up and down, but it goes in about ten inches. Okay. And it's always moist in there. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll bet. So I... Figured well, you know, and the pea, the boats, both sets of seeds were two years old for the pumpkins and the uh, and the uh, peas, but they're going, and well, they're going to, you know, travel where they where they want to. Um, this is an experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already got two little tomatoes on the one plant, <laughs> and I ain't got nothing on the uh, on the on the pepper yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a little early. Yep. Hey, are you flower? Are they flowering yet? The peppers. No. No, okay. No, I always think the peppers flower a little later. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, the, it sounds great. Again. You know, you, you, there's so many things you can use for a container. <laughs> you know, uh, the one book that I was talking about with uh, Ed Smith's book from uh, from uh, England, um, 
and you know when you look at his garden and he just lives in a flat in the middle of the city and he uses just about anything and everything you could imagine for a container uh i didn't notice that he was using the cracks in the sidewalk though you know no no the cracks <laughs> in the sidewalk get get hard and they get dry <laughs> This this ledge that I have is always moist. I mean, and it grows everything. I I have to. Before this year, I used to have to pretty much carve it out. Yeah, sure. Yep, but, and uh, it's it, it's kind of funny when you see pictures of uh, you know mountaineers climbing up you know to the top of a mountain. A lot of times you see. You know, right in the middle of all this rock rubble, there was something growing out of the side of the rock. And, you know, when you walk down through the creeks and stuff, a lot of times you'll see, a, uh, you know, like a beech tree or something just seems to be wrapped in and around a, a whole rock, you know, whether it's coming out or started around it or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But, but anyway, my you, qu- I have two questions. Yep. One is I've noticed now down below me the well the the old fellow that owns it hasn't been a dairy farm for years but they always use they've hated it for the past oh golly I've been in this house for seventeen eighteen years uh, and I've noticed in this little piece of field that really isn't mine but I mow it a little bit anyway mm-hmm. next to my property yeah um, they mentioned it that it's taking over hay fields it's this little itty bitty tiny white flower and they don't grow straight up they kind of have like tendrils that go along the ground it was a pain in the butt to to mow i had to go over it twice three times just to you know mow it down to nothing Mm, yeah so is it actually a vine or is it no it's not a a vine it's thinner than a pencil lead it's got little green tiny almost fern like leaves but it, it when it when it ends at its little stalk it doesn't it's very soft it's it's just if you if you look at it it'll just fall over mm-hmm. but okay. it, it grows along the top of the ground and then it just flowers and uh-huh. well i noticed that my neighbor has never paid this field in uh, 10 years so it's taken over as is the milkweed but yeah. then the guy down below, he hays it once a year, and uh, I notice that his is getting taken over too. I mean, you can see as you look out all the little, pardon me, all the little whiteness. Huh. And you have no idea what it, what, what, it's, what did they what did they call it? Did the any, anybody I, ever? I've heard somebody. I don't know where I've seen it, but somebody said, "Oh yeah," because. Global warming, or whatever you want to call it, uh, mm-hmm. this is something new that's invading. Mm. It's, it, I, apparently, it's all over the place. I mean, Joe's field down below. It, I don't even know if they can hay it. I'm not sure if if it's bad for the hay or what, but yeah, it's all over the place, and it's really hard. It's it's so thin, yeah, that when you go over it with a lawnmower, it just lays down. It doesn't like pick up and cut it just mm-hmm. kind of like lays down mm-hmm. yeah 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 huh um i can't say that i really know what it is um as far as it being invasive or any of that kind of stuff i don't know um yeah we have a listener who uh gave a call uh didn't really want to go on the air but mm-hmm. uh yeah. he's uh well aware of this and a person he knows refers to it as bed straw bed straw bed straw if i heard correctly yeah <laughs> bed straw all right so, so maybe we're closer to solving the mystery and uh, at any rate uh, sounds like uh, could be a real nuisance <laughs> Well, apparently it is up here in Woodbury. And one more question. Yeah. I think I've asked you this once before. Okay. I've got those darn wild raspberries. And earlier this year, before everything turned green, I had two, because I couldn't do much last year health-wise. Uh, earlier this year, I had two pieces that were stocky. I mean, we're talking one-inch stalks. And I took my Jeep down below, and I wrapped the chain down to the base of it, to both of them. 
and I started pulling. And I pulled up a root that was two inches in diameter. Oh, now, wow. mind you, I've got these things all over there. They're growing helter skelter throughout the property. Okay. But I pulled up this root two inches in diameter. It was about 25 foot long. And it broke on one end, and then it went in by this birch tree. I couldn't. It broke off there too. I have yet to get to the other side and pull more. Is it? I don't know how to kill. I, I hate to say it, but I don't know how to kill wild raspberries, red raspberries. They just they take. They are literally taking over my property. Yeah. Um, well, the best way to to deal with those kind of things and almost any invasive is to go ahead and mow them and mow them regularly. Um, I had the same problem when I had uh, comfrey and we did a little uh, a, a little landscaping work and the bulldozer just very kindly distributed the com- the comfrey all over my yard. So when you looked out at the yard, it looks like there were little green rabbits, you know, little green rabbit ears all over the place. Um, and, you know, just mowing it every week was enough to set it back. Um, and so we don't really have it so much anymore. Plus, uh, replanting it, um, you know, fertilizing it and all that other stuff because, you know, the comfrey doesn't really want too fertile a soil. You know, it's not, it's not like a, a garden vegetable. It, it, uh, it has such deep roots, which is a real beauty of it, and it brings up so many nutrients up into the upper soil. That, um, well, so, I'm not, I am not fertilizing this stuff, and believe yeah, me, yeah, on my I'm mountaintop sure in South Woodbury, yeah. the soil is not fertile. It's mostly uh, ledge and gravel. Uh-huh. Yeah, so if but, you can, uh, can no. you mow down the raspberries? Where I can, I mean, they're literally taken over into the uh, places where there's trees. Yeah. Well, how badly do you want to get rid of this stuff? You know, because uh, every every particular plant sort of has a cycle that it goes through. And, you know, brambles uh, are sort of a, they're a walking plant, more or less. They fall over and they seed and they grow up again or they're rhizomes. You know, the roots just travel everywhere um you know so if you really want to get rid of it um you could uh, uh mow it down or weed whack it and put uh, a black plastic on it to set it back that would work uh you know so it depends on how much is how much you really want to fight with it um and the same problem you know you have with things like um the uh, Japanese knotweed is like how bad do you really want to get rid of it because you know that these... I don't think you can ever get rid of that well I, yeah you can like i said it depends on how bad you want to get rid of it but um you know there's these things all of them go in a cycle and i you know what my only objection with blaming everything that you don't want here on climate change is that it's sort of the natural order. You know, the natural order of things is, you know, popples grow in a field and then you start to get some smaller maples and then you might get oaks. And then after that, you might see pine, you know, so you can't say that pine is an invasive. It's part of the natural cycle. You know, oh, so yeah. I, I understand that. So you know, it, it's like again, how badly do you want to get rid of it? Do you want a garden there? If you want a garden there, you're going to have to, you know, be serious about getting rid of it. You're going to have to cut it down and and choke it out with something like a black plastic. Um, the other no, thing, no, you, no, this is not garden area. This yeah. is hillside. And yeah, and the other, other thing you can do, of course, is sweeten the soil. If you take a bag of lime and spread it out in there, they do not like a, a sweet soil. They're like uh, blueberries or strawberries or you know any any plant that that likes a, a an acidic soil. And there's plenty of that here in Vermont. If you if you don't have a garden, you know you've got acidic soil. So, um, so lime would work. Lime would work. Yeah. There we go. That's a nice natural alternative. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, good. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, give that give that a try. I think uh, you'll find that the, they may move on, or you know, they may just they may just die out if it's too 
too sweet. Oh, good golly, they're moving on everywhere. They're even in my baby's grass. There. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grass. Yeah, well, um, you know, I I have black raspberries, and, and, and they, uh, again, I, I'll find them 50 feet away growing up, so... I think they have quite the quite the underground uh, railroad there, quite the underground network of well, they have routes. the network already. Yeah. And, All right. Well, then, thank you. You just yeah, made- no. Let, let me just. Uh, I'm, I'm good with the line. The interesting uh, interesting thing is that the catchweed, it's called get, catchweed bed straw. And it has a, a few beneficial uses. The roasted seeds make a good coffee substitute. <laughs> I heard, and, okay, you, you said catchweed, catchweed? Yeah, C-A-T-C-H-W-E-E-D, bed straw, all yeah. one word, B-E-D-S-T-R-A-W. And, okay, uh, that's the one. Yeah, so the, and the young leaves can be used as a substitute for tea, or steamed with butter and eaten. There you go, buddy. I, just, I don't know, think so. If you can't beat it, eat it. <laughs> nah, I don't think I'm going to get there. College, yes. Catch weed, no. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I, I'm not you sure. You have fun today. Yeah, you bet. I'm not sure that uh, if they want to hay and the bed straw is in the hay, I don't think it would affect the cows any. You know, it, it, you know, I think they'd be fine to eat it. And, Sounds uh, good to me. Yeah. All righty then. Thank you. All right, buddy. Okay. Th- thank you, Bill. I'll look for that uh, magazine. I'll check with Kaya. And, uh, yeah, well, there are also some management guide, guidelines for this, but boy, you know, it, uh, it, it seems to, uh, Seems to want to go where it wants to go, and that's all over the country. According You're talking to talking about the bed straw, bed straw, yeah, yeah, yeah. catch weed, and uh, now that I'm looking at the leaves, it's like you know, I've... grip grass too. So, oh, grip grass, yeah. yeah, grip grass. Somebody, yeah. anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can't beat it, eat it. All part of living on this planet. <laughs> Our program brought to you by a yeah. whole bunch of fine people that can help you with, uh, well, whatever your uh, you know garden intentions are, and uh, all the products you need and we thank them for making this show happen meet all of your gardening needs and desires at dandelion acres in bethel make a statement with trees and shrubs grow your own vegetables and fruits with a selection of veggie starts fruit trees and berry bushes and add color with annual and perennial flowers including lush flowering hanging baskets don't forget the accents unique statuary pottery and garden furniture plus soils fertilizers and mulches Everything you need and lots of things you want in one place. Dandelion Acres in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. We are awaiting your phone call at 802-244-1777. And once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joel. Yes. Um, so, uh, sounds like good eating, huh? <laughs> well, I, I'm looking at a picture of them, uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Google here. Yeah. And I recognize them. I recognize them actually more from uh, my grand my grandfather's place, uh, you know, years ago. Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, the leaf almost looks like a succulent in a way. Uh, I I've seen this in my garden too, and and. Uh, What's interesting? One of the interesting is when you pull it, it's got a very, very tiny root, and you know it can have a huge batch of this stuff, and and yet there's still only this one little tiny root that's of, you know, like the size of a fishing line. You know, it's that it's that thin, and uh, and and it's very tough when you pull it. You can pull oh, you know, probably a foot worth of the stem out, but. Uh, uh, I will have to look into uh, putting it with my uh, lamb's quarters, and and I I have to admit I've I've left a, a bed with quite a few of the lamb's quarters into it, and I've been picking it regularly, um, and uh, I we just had it a couple of days ago with uh, you know with some new potatoes that. Uh, uh, we cooked up, and then I sort of roasted them in a pan with uh, butter and, and uh, parsley and uh, a little bit of, of scallion in there. 
and then I had this. Uh, well, I chopped up a, a few uh, an onion, and uh, and then some of this. Uh, uh, what else did I put in there? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the the lamb's quarters, and I put a big healthy batch of lamb's quarters in there, and uh, my wife loved it. I, she said that. That's good. Uh, we can pick that anytime you want, you know. Well, I'm supposed to eat more salad, so I'm, you know, picking all kinds of green things and yep. buying green things at uh-huh. the supermarket. And I, yeah. I went to Costco and I bought a big jar. I just saw it sitting there because I like the taste of sesame. Yeah. But uh, I bought, you know, sesame seeds and tried to roast them myself and yeah. didn't yeah. have much flavor. So anyway, this was a big bottle of what was described as roasted sesame sauce. Yep. And um, so I, you know, about twenty ounces of it. I use it as a, a salad dressing. You don't need much of it, but you really? can put it on almost anything, and uh, it tastes good. Uh, <laughs> you uh, know, I'm sure you can put it on crabgrass, and it would taste good. <laughs> you know, but it's got such a nice sesame taste, which I like. Yeah. So yeah. I don't mind whether it's spinach or any lettuce or anything yep. else underneath yep. it. So it's all of the salad dressing. But normally, I eat when I eat a salad, there's. Uh, I don't put anything on it, or oil yeah. and vinegar. Oil know. thing, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 and now sesame. Right. Now, now, now sesame. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, the uh, I use the specifically the sesame oil, and uh, when I make, um, I take the time to go ahead and slice cucumbers really thin. You know, it's kind of a you know it's a tedious job for sure, but. It matches my <laughs> the way I feel after work, and I like to make this salad. And um, uh, if if it's a tender skin, I'll go ahead and leave the skin on. You know, the European uh, cukes uh, sometimes have a nice tender uh, skin, and and the ones that I get out of the garden are usually fairly tender. You know, if it's it's one you get at the grocery store, there's a good chance it'll be a little waxy. It'll have a waxy coat on it. But I cut them, you know, nice and thin, and then I'll put some of the balsamic vinaigrette mm-hmm. on there, and then a little bit of mirin, which is a Japanese vinegar, and then uh, some of that sesame oil. Uh-huh. And that sesame oil is great. It's a little expensive, but you don't use much of it in a salad like that. But the sesame flavor, like you're saying. I love sesame. Yeah, yeah, try that. That sesame oil, sesame oil, oil, olive oil in your... I think you'll you'll like that, uh, mm-hmm. and and the cukes. It's a great way to to eat the, the cu- cuke. You know, you well, just cucumbers. I like to slice them up. Yeah, I sometimes don't even peel them if it's just for yep. myself. You yep. know, but other people like it peeled. Yeah, and I just dip it in ranch dressing. Have to go to the supermarket for that. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the diet, buddy. I know. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds very appealing. Yes, exactly. Oh, no, you're taking my role now. We're role reversal here. I'm the usually one that says it's stupid things. Anyway. Well, I got to, you know, just yeah. keep in practice. Right. I got to slip one. Well, it reminds me, I was thinking of the old uh, Laurel. It was a Laurel and Hardy movie in which they were servants to a very high class uh, family who were having a big formal dinner. Yeah. And Oliver was Ollie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big, the big guy, Stan and Ollie. Ollie, yeah. was, Ollie was the butler, and Stan was serving the dinner. Yeah. And Ollie goes to uh, to Stan, and they're both in tuxedos, you know, or uh, you know, mm-hmm. formal, formal butler garb. Mm-hmm. And Ollie says, "Serve the salad undressed, Stanley." Stan kind of looks c- confused. Stanley, serve <laughs> the salad undressed. So he comes out in his skivvies with a tray of. Salad. <laughs> But that's a big joke because I'm the only one in my family, my brother and all yeah, the, every, yeah. you know, cousins and everything. Yes. You know, please, for Joel, please serve the salad <laughs> undressed. <laughs> I'll have to tell Deb what <laughs> that one. She'll love that. <laughs> because she likes her salad undressed. Oh, too. you can find that. I don't think, I wish I could remember the title of the Laurel and Hardy movie, but I guess if you Google that line and Laurel and Hardy, it'll come up on, on YouTube. You know, it's a funny one. Uh, I'm going to have to write this down so I remember mm. it. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Why don't you do something to help me? <laughs> and Stan would start crying. <laughs> they were funny. They were funny. 
Serve the salad undressed. <laughs> My dad, you get a kick out of Laurel and Harvey. Harvey. I think they were the greatest. Uh, they, they, they kind of magnified the foibles of life, you know. Oh, Ollie always tried to control things, and when something bad happened, it yeah. always happened to Ollie, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spite of his best intentions. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, um, uh, another garden tip here we need to think about a little bit. It was actually two of them. Uh, one, again, is it, it is time to go ahead and think about healing your potatoes again. This should be your second healing, um, you know, so that. Uh, and the whole purpose of healing potatoes is to keep the sun off the spuds. That That's it. That's the whole purpose. Um you know, they would grow potatoes right up and lay them out on the ground and they'd be there. But, you know, they'll turn green and you won't be able to use them. So you want all the potatoes you can get, you you have to hill them. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have a phone call? I believe so, yeah. Right. In fact, I keep thinking of a farm in which uh, the backyard, they're all hills. But I think that's all they grow, those people, which uh, looks real nice. Uh, we have a caller on the line, your first name in town. Um, Ryan from Graniteville. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Love the show. Oh, great. Um, just wanted to know if you were sure um, that you should always knock on the refrigerator door before you open it. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. What? You, you, you want to know how I, how I try to do this? I can't help myself. I kind of subconsciously go... And open the, maybe I should try that. But what happens okay. is whenever I open the refrigerator door, uh, my beagle is usually in the living room, uh, next room over, uh, no door separating the living room from the kitchen, just an archway. And the dog, no matter how deep in sleep, will awaken because oh. the refrigerator door is open. And I have a, I have a policy where if I'm going to eat something, I'll give some of it to the beagle. And the only thing that stops me from overeating is that I think I'm feeding the beagle too much. (laughs) But uh, knocking first, maybe that would be the case. Better for both of us. why that do you? Sounds like a good deal. Maybe why I Why do come you back knock the on the kitchen on the refrigerator door before you open it? Well, though? it would remind um, me that maybe I shouldn't be opening it, you know? and nobody's okay. going to open it for me from the inside, uh, unless the cat snuck in there. Is I that what not. you were going to say, Ryan? Uh, no, it's because there could be a salad dressing in there. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple. There are, there are a couple of, what is it, uh, intense Italian dressings in which the calorie, I mean, you know, they said the, yeah, it says per serving, like 200 calories. Yeah, right, <laughs> There are about right. 50 servings in the bottle. So. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll okay, have to remember I do have that. one question. Yep. Um, what can we do about the powder, powdery mildew if we don't want to spend the money on the Captain Jack? Yeah. And about the slugs, um, does like a granite sand or a recycled glass work around your plant? And I'm going to hang up and let you answer. Okay. Uh, Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, sure. Um, that's two questions. So we've got the, the powdery mildew and the slugs, right? So for the slugs, I I recommend uh, go ahead and spring in for the sluggo. Yeah, and you can get that, and and you just uh, and it actually is is a good fertilizer. So it's not really like you know any other chemical fertilizer. It really breaks down your soil and becomes part of the uh, part of the dirt, part of the soil. Um, the other thing you can use for slugs, though, and, and this may be what you were for referring to, is diatomaceous earth. Yes. And, and yeah. that's a powder. And it, it, it actually is, um, uh, from what I recall, it's a sea creature. That's, it's thousands of little tiny shells, and they're sharp. So when you spread it in there, it actually affects the... Um, uh, you know, it actually injures the the slug as it's going across it. You know, it it has that smooth, slimy 
uh, bottom, but these little things actually sort of act as an abrasive. So the diatomaceous earth, um, I never had a huge luck with um, uh, the beer, you know, the beer traps. They would they would definitely come to the beer traps, um, and you'd have to enter, empty them almost every day. Um, so that takes that takes a fair amount of work. It's not something you can just leave out there and it gets rid of. It means that you can trap them and then you have to empty them out into, um, you know, over the bank or in the trash, whatever, and then refill it with the beer. So that's like a, a daily process and stuff. Uh, powdery powdery mildew is is pretty simple to take care of. You can use a you can use uh, anything to sort of alkaline the the leaves, um, and that's sort of what I was mentioning at the beginning of the show is that this is a really good time to use like a, a compost tea or a fish fertilizer. But if you specifically have problems in one of your crops right now, you can spray with a, a, a dilute milk mix or a baking soda mix. Both either one will work. The baking soda you have to you have to keep mixing, you know, uh, jostling your sprayer uh, so that it doesn't settle at the bottom. But the milk will uh, dilute in in the water that you put it in. You spray that on the leaves, and generally you only need to cover the tops of them. But when I'm spraying, I just I just keep spraying until the leaves are really wet, wet, wet. Um, I'm wondering if uh, almond milk would work because that's what I drink now. <laughs> Seriously, you know. <laughs> I, uh, you got anything, me there, buddy. Anything I, that changes the pH no is, is what I was told Absolutely. from the Cordell people, that uh, anything that changes the pH would get it early. Don't expect it to cure it. <laughs> expect it to prevent it for the yeah. most part. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's why I was sort of – that's why I made that the, that comment in the beginning yeah. of the show. This is the time to go ahead and, and spray and go ahead and make good use of a spray you're going to use anyway, um, you know, a compost tea or – um, uh, the compost tea or the fish fertilizer or even the fish and seaweed fertilizer and um, or you know the milk uh, I wonder um, I wonder what the mix is for the milk you know I, I, I seem to think it's like a cup per gallon of water um, I know it's not straight milk no no, no you have to dilute it yeah um I can't recall. I know. I'll have to look it up in my notes again. Yeah, I you know I used to have my sprayers and everything. Mm-hmm. I use I save old containers, so I have old Windex sprayers yep. and things. I use I have different. The trouble is I have to remember to label them. I got four or five of them. I have no idea what's in them. You know, <laughs> just make sure they go to the right place and I don't, don't spray my. Uh, you Give know, them the sniff test. Don't spray my salad with them. Yeah, anyway. you know, a vinegar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, what I bought the Sluggo when it when it was first recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it. Uh, uh, first came out because yeah. I'm such a fan of the old Ernie Bushmiller comic strip, Nancy. Yeah, Remember yeah. that? It's oh, still around. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Nancy's boyfriend is Sluggo. You know, oh, you remember? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's Absolutely. right. Yeah, Ernie Bushmiller was, uh, I think, lived in Westchester where I moved out of the Bronx. And he had been doing that comic strip from the 1930s well into the 1980s during all my formative years. And then after he retired and presumably passed, uh, it's uh, turned over. And uh, uh, a woman named Olivia something, because I see her signature on it, still does it. So Nancy does appear in newspapers. So. The problem is to find a newspaper these days, <laughs> you know, that has a comic section. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, Nancy's boyfriend is Sluggo. Unfortunately, they didn't use his character. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you have to be, you know, under 75, over 75 to remember all of this. But uh, It's like Bazooka Joe. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bazooka Joe, yeah, Joe Joe Paluka, Joe Paluka, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have a we we <laughs> we have a fellow that's helping me with uh, some financial things, and his name is 
Joe Pakulski. I put his name on the air. And he's a very, very nice and talented guy. And I keep slipping and calling him Joe Paluka, <laughs> which was another comic strip. Remember the, the boxer? Yeah. So anyway, everybody uh, 75 and older were reliving comic strips from the 1950s and 60s. <laughs> Well, this particular sluggo. Sluggo, yeah. <laughs> you get it. It looks like uh, it's pelletized. It looks like, uh, actually, it looks like pellets for yeah. your wood stove, actually. Yeah, and I was told that they really work. I never got really to the point where I tested them. I didn't have I it that bad, but. You were feeding the slugs. Well, I probably I was in one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> I've been catching ants inside the house and throwing them out and oh, just yeah. watching them come right Back through the window, you know. Right around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they just wait for the next trolley. Not that I'm not that I'm cultivating ants. Most of them go down the drain. So if you're an ant and you're listening, don't uh, don't yeah. expect to, uh, you know. I I, I am not a uh, what, what would they call that? Uh, you know, a uh, oh I can't th- I can't think of it. But uh, no safe haven in my house for, so, for uh, ants. Oh yeah, if you throw the ants out, do you throw the uncles with them? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> none are welcome. <laughs> And a reminder that Dandelion Acres on Route 107 in Bethel open right now, 10 to 7, seven days a week. Boy, I tell you, everything is growing. (laughs) I left a part of my garden uh, open to some wildflowers, and I did throw a whole bunch of wildflower seeds, but I didn't turn over the the soil Mm -hmm. this year, and so the weed seeds that were in there. Mm -hmm. uh, But some of the weeds have nice little flowers, too, so it's (laughs) kind of pretty out there. But uh, I think next year I'm going to really rototill that and then use the, uh, to get a big, big package of the wildflower Mm -hmm. seeds. The wildflower farm Mm -hmm. is out of business as a point as a point of destination you know they used to have wonderful walks in the back but they weren't able to sustain that but as a business they still have an online presence Mm -hmm. and some really really great deals on on all kinds of wildflowers and i have i have a part of my uh, one corner one side of my house is permanently in the shade Mm -hmm. and they have shade plants and they grow beautifully yeah yeah it's great it's great and uh um, it's kind of funny is that I have so many wildflowers growing up in the field up behind the house. It, it seems silly to to plant anything, but we have uh, we have planted those uh, and they come up. And a lot of times it's mostly uh, like the daisies or mm-hmm. you know the um, you know that type of thing that grow up. And you know, you, you of course you do realize that some of these plants are are weeds. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, there there's there's a uh, oh we got phone calls. Yeah, I got a couple of phone calls. Oh, let's okay. go to our yeah, first one right, right here, yeah. and uh, our second one. Please be patient, mm-hmm. and let us see where we are. Uh, first name in town, please. Whoops, let's try that one. First name in town. Hello. All right, first name in town. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Great. Uh, uh, I was calling about two things. Uh, Joel just mentioned wildflowers and said that you know next year he'd rototill and plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with most wildflowers, if you uh, if you rototill and and clear the soil and plant it in the fall after yeah. the first frost, so oh, really? germinate, yeah. you'll get flowers next year. If you wait until the spring next year, the the plants will come up, but you won't have very many flowers. So if you uh. plant them this fall after the first frost, uh, they'll uh, come up in the spring and they'll actually produce flowers next year. So How if you've cool got time this fall, I would do it then. That's great. I like that. Yeah, I've heard that too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll help. Uh, the other thing uh, that I just wanted to say, this is old news now, but uh, I don't know, about a month or so ago when people were planting tomatoes and stuff, you were talking for a while about, you know, how do you tie your tomatoes up? And people were talking about all different things that they use. And uh, uh, my wife, in the spirit of, you know, use it up, use it over again, do something with it. Um, if you have a woman in the house that, you know, wears pantyhose, and if they get a run in the pantyhose, the, the nylon pantyhose mm. is a great thing to tie the tomatoes up mm-hmm. with because mm-hmm. they stretch. You know, it's not like a piece of string that just sits there. And, you know, as the plant grows, 
it, it the pantyhose material will support the tomatoes, but uh, you know they'll stretch and allow them to grow without uh, getting choked off. So I just thought I'd pass that along for people who are still thinking about that. Yeah, sure. Well, the um, yeah, that's great. Good, good advice. I like that about the wildflowers. We'll have yeah. to have to give that yeah, a try. Planting planting in the fall is is good. You know, just like planting lettuce or. Um, spinach, spinach for sure. in the fall yeah. you know yeah. Uh, yeah. The wildflowers we've planted them in the fall and then the, the next year by june they're actually flowering so it's uh, you get a you get a whole season more out of them so Great. that's good i have your name down as joel but that i know that must be wrong what was your no. name no my name's bill phil okay and you're yeah. from i'm from waterbury okay. waterbury center all right. Um, All right. I used to be the, the town manager here for a lot of years, but oh. I retired. I retired. So, <laughs> so you're living anyway. the good life now. Well, we appreciate all your services. I thought that was the bill we were listening to. and uh, <laughs> So great to hear from you. I'm glad you have time now to call in the garden. <laughs> yeah, That's retirement. Yeah. Absolutely. Has anybody have been having problems with moles or voles? We've got our peas, uh, the pea plants, with you know the cool weather we had earlier in the year and all yeah. the rain, they're yeah. doing great. But yeah. uh, my wife, every time she goes out in the garden to harvest peas, uh, she's got to pull another plant out because it's, it's been eaten off yeah. underground. And yeah. Uh, yeah. we found a product called Molmax, I think it is. You can that try we looked it. into and uh, yeah. Yeah. says that you can use it in you know in a vegetable garden. And uh, so we put that in the other day. I don't know; it's probably too late. <laughs> Well, give me give me a call. Anyway. Let me know if you find it uh, find it work. Yeah, it, it's a product that's made of uh, castor beans that yep. evidently is uh, yep. uh, irritant to the underground animals and doesn't poison them. It just kind of chases them away. All right. So, anyway, good. Thank you. All right. Well, um, that's what I had for today. Great, uh, Joel. We have thank uh, you. Yep. Heather on the other line. Let us let us right. do that. Okay. Let us uh, find. Heather, on this line. Heather, how are you? Good. Hi. I have, um, I, I know you're almost out of time. I have a quick one. Um, I had, I bought some bulbs from a very well-known um, garden supply place in the fall and planted for Asian lilies. Yeah. And they're, they're all up and ready to bloom, but now I notice I have an infestation of um, lily leaf beetle. And um, so I pick some off, but I'm afraid it's going to really, you know, they, it's you know, it's eating up even the the ball, the buds. Yeah, yeah, it's a so little it's, like the the garlic uh, one. Now, you, if if you get to it early, you can spray it with spinosad, and it probably okay. is well worth it. And it's probably something that came with the bulbs, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I just emailed the place and, and said I, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay, Spinoza, do you think? Yeah. Captain Jack's uh, is the most popular brand name. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what Spinoza. it is. Okay, yeah. I, I did look it up, and some of it said neem oil, but I've never used that. You can use neem oil, but I, if you have an infestation, I'd go right to the Spinosad. But you could try okay. them both, you know, if you you know, one one on one part and one on the other. But what you want to do, though, is go ahead and do a little exploration and get down in there if you can find the, the bug or the, the um, it'd be like a little caterpillar or worm. The eggs, yeah. the eggs, if, the orange eggs. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. I squished as many as I could. Yeah, but, you right. know, I'm there sure I missed some. Yeah. Yeah, no, I put my That's why on. you go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were gross. Okay, right, well, I'll, tr- I'll get some of that right away. Thank All right. you. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Did you have another Bye. call? Well, uh, we will fi- we will finish our program right now. Well, did, oh, did uh, did you have another question, Heather? No, I guess not. But we will go to Nola right now. Oh, great! Hey, Nola. Hey there. How are you today? Not bad, thank you. And you had the radio on. I was out in the garden. Hurry, quick. Plant. Hurry, quick plant before the rain comes. But it's not coming. <laughs> it's been that kind of year, right? I thought I'd just stop briefly and let you know that at least in the Middle Eastern culture, there's life beyond oil and vinegar. 
<laughs> Next time you pick cucumbers, All or right. when you pick your first cucumbers, yeah, please try this. Okay. Both of you, everybody try this. My grandma made this all the time. She made her own yogurt. You can buy the stuff. First thing you do is you chill some bowls, get them nice and cold. Do your cucumber, you know, peel it if you have to. Uh, you can dice it or slice it. Then get some garlic, which should be coming in soon. Mash it up, add it to the yogurt, chop up some fresh mint. If you don't have any, come to my house. I'll give you a ton. <laughs> yeah, okay, mix it all together with some salt and pepper and serve it in those ice-cold bowls. Mm. Absolutely Oof. the gift of summer. All right. Um, all right. It's a wonderful, wonderful cucumber salad. All right. Mm, how can, how so, can something that sounds so good actually be good for you? You know, my goodness. <laughs> it's so good. And uh, let's just say there was a reason my grandpa lived to be 99, and it wasn't because he was eating co-op food. <laughs> he was eating my grandmother's food. So, um, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. There's that, still the sign on the refrigerator. I don't live up to it, but it said, you All know. Right. And it, then a quick Robert Frost pone if you have time. Sure. You were talking a lot about weeds, right? Yeah. And what's a weed and what's not a weed. Yep. Okay, well, here's a quick little poem from Mr. Frost. Okay. It's called The Rose Family. The rose is a rose and was always a rose, but the theory now goes that the apple's a rose and the pear is, and so is the plum, I suppose. The deer only knows what will next prove a rose. You, of course, are a rose but we're always a rose. It's the same thing with those weeds. The weed is a weed, but let's try to welcome them all and and like the blackberries. They're yep. not going to stop. They are the essence of resilience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yes. just yes. mow them down and watch them grow. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't mind the wild raspberries and, and, and blackberries because they're growing in the airport park where I walk with my beagle. See? And I just eat them. <laughs> there you go. And, and they, they, they just, you know, they crawl right under our greenhouse wall, and yep. they're all over the greenhouse. So I get in there with my little handyman and go, hack, 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 and the yeah. next day, hi, yep. we're back. We missed you. Well, they See, are resilient, that's for sure. It's a dance. Yep. And gardeners should dance. So have a dance full day. Be well, and thank you. Have a Bye-bye. good Bye-bye. Thank good you week. so much. And you know, I, I'm just reminded that next week it's the Red Sox. Are it's we Red Are we Red Sox next yes. week? Let me take yeah, a Next look. week is the 15th, Ooh. and it's the yeah. Red Sox. Okay, so we will take a brief hiatus next week, yep. and then uh, we're back uh, the week after. So, yep. okay, that sounds good. So that we will see you then. Yep, in the garden. That is exactly where. <laughs> Here we go. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. And tumble down it did this past week, let me tell you. In the Garden, brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. And they will do virtually any project and do it well and very reasonably for you. Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road, one of those stores that has absolutely everything you need, whatever you need, 12 months a year. And... uh In Morrisville, so does Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Claussen's Florist and Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, diagonally across from the Spanked Puppy, if you need a landmark. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Check out store locations and hours online at sticksandstuff.com. And locally by PNR Lumber. Great folks there. Route 15 and Walkett. Family milled lumber for all your many projects. Check out PNR Lumber on Facebook. 
by Guy's Farm and Yard. Four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. I stop out at the uh, Williston store. I like saying hello to their pussycat. Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, 107, uh, Route 107, with uh, everything you need. And they're open right now and busy, but not too busy to serve you with the very best. Check them out online at dandelionacres.com. We'll see you in two weeks at 1230 in the noon hour with Peter Burke in the garden. <laughs>